हेलो एवरीवन दिस इज कथक का चक्कर माय नेम इज प्रमित एंड दिस प्लेस इज डिजाइन टू बी अ सेंट्रल प्लेटफॉर्म to bring conversations with kathakars across the globe uh today i have with me sonia sabri sonia di is uk's leading kathak dancer amongst the brightest and most inspirational of british born dance choreographers working in the 21st century creating work that spans from the presentation of classical roots of kathak to exploration of contemporary approaches her productions reflect an appreciation of western and eastern cultures she has created a fresh unique style of kathak by reinventing it from within by pushing boundaries and generating work that is original in concept and exciting and relevant to today's audiences as a dance artist she is acclaimed for her enchanting stage presence grace and musicality that enthrall audiences both nationally and globally sonia di how are you i am very well thank you pramit how are you I'm good. I'm good, and uh, at this point, I'd like to uh, uh, thank Seetal because she introduced me to your work. And uh, Sonia, the guest word around the street is that you're doing the opening ceremony for the Commonwealth Games. And I must admit, when I first heard it, it was one of those things which just goes through your head, and then you realize, oh my God, okay. And I didn't have much of a reaction because it was just one of those things you feel is ridiculous, but you know, it's happening. So just want to know what? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what's going on there? Yes, I can. I can share a little bit. Um, so I'm uh, very honoured to be uh, invited to uh, be part of a production called Wondrous Stories, which is um, uh, a conceived uh, idea by Motion House, which is one of the leading uh, dance circus companies in UK, and uh, I'm part of that team uh, along with the. artistic director Kevin Finnan and another choreographer uh, and I'll be choreographing um this as part of the wonder stories which is part of Birmingham 2022 festival which opens um the cultural program for the commonwealth games so uh we're working with 300 uh dancers and uh, did you say 300 dancers yes 300 dancers <laughs> um so it's quite a task um and uh we we've been working in different sections at the moment in the studio uh in just after the new year we will be going in and trying to put this big jigsaw puzzle together and it's quite interesting because there'll be um gothic inspired uh choreography there'll be circus and acrobatics and then there'll be um uh yeah contemporary dance so really something that um really represents birmingham this is the most diverse city and i think in the whole of europe and it's the most diverse in terms of also um um ethnic if we're talking about ethnic minorities cultural groups you know one in three or was it one in four uh person is you know from a non white uh background so even london um when we talk about uk everybody thinks oh yeah london but actually birmingham is the is the city to be in uh london has one in seven who is from a non white community so i think birmingham has such a rich heritage of uh people and arts and culture literature you know it's it's a melting pot and i'm very proud to be a brummy <laughs> you, you you say brummy brummy we call them brummies so Brum. if you're from birmingham you're a brummy yep <laughs> okay okay looking forward to that and where that goes nidhi thanks for sharing and 
Yeah, so since we're recording this in December, just last week you had your Kathak camp, you and you had some posts about it. We'd love to know what was that about? How how did you feel organizing that? Yeah, so Kathak camp is something we've been doing. I think it's been probably this is the fifth or sixth year. Um, so Kathak camp is literally um, either a week long uh, residency or a weekend residency, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and any Kathak dancer, any uh, student who is studying Kathak. Um, is welcome to come along mm-hmm. and literally immerse themselves in eight hours of dance, uh, eight hours of riyas, uh, eight hours of riyas with uh, live music. Sometimes we've had vocalists um, and uh, harmonium uh, players in the room. Sometimes we've had tabla, sometimes we've had the whole mix. And I think it's a real way to get some taste of um, that, that full uh, synergy of music and dance coming together, which when you're outside of India or the Indian subcontinent, you know, you don't have that um, that kind of uh, concentrated dose of, uh, of you know, riyas and, and immersing yourself and understanding, um, developing your understanding and your sensitivity with movement and music and abhina and everything else that we're supposed to you know consider when we're doing kathak so this is a real opportunity for those who um who uh you know don't get the chance and you know classes here are once a week maybe twice a week uh, a lot of the students work full time um so there isn't real there isn't a real chance for them to um, dedicate as much time as probably they would like to mm-hmm. but i have to say from it you know hats off to them because they you know, they're working full time. Uh, this Katha camp, we had people from different parts of the UK, you know, mm. it takes five hours, six hours to travel uh, where to where we were. Um, that dedication in itself of, you know, getting on a train and getting on that six hour journey. We're in the middle of, you know, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, we did everything, you know, which was COVID uh, safety secure. So it was just amazing to actually have people, (laughs) people in the room together, which we've not seen. And, you know, there are a lot of students that I've been teaching, teaching online, Mm -hmm. and I hadn't met them in the last 20 months. Right. So I say I saw them for the first time coming to the camp. So actual actual people you could, you know, interact with uh, in on a kind of a very personal level. So even in that sense, it was just lovely. And, um, uh, you know, the, the understanding of music, the understanding of tabla, for example, this is what we focused on the, in, in the Katha camp that last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we forget, I think we forget, we take it for granted that tabla will just happen. Or people are just working to tabla apps now, you know. Um, you you don't have that human interaction. Mm-hmm. And that human interaction is everything. It colors the the dance, it colors the music. It's the spirit of the dance and the music. Um, you don't get that from a digital app. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of a lot of students were just in awe of how how intricate that relationship is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the the Gata camp went down really really well, mm-hmm. and it's the first one we've done live after two years. The mm-hmm. last year I had to do everything online. Yep. I mean, it, it had its benefits because I was. Um, I was very lucky to invite uh, Dhirendra Tiwari and uh, Vidhalal and other other amazing artists who could teach online. Mm-hmm. Um, you may not have been able to do that if you're, you know, having to think about work permits and airfares and visas and all of that. So in a way, you know, the digital, the Zoom, this Zoom thing is amazing. So we were able to get those artists on board and um, do it online. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. we're looking forward to the next Gatha camp next next year, hopefully.
understood yeah i just interviewed with haji last week that was fun and uh, yeah one thing i want to know if you're bringing in all these people from different backgrounds and you have all this time how do you structure it in a way that it you know everyone can get something out of it i mean yeah now we live in a world where there are classes and levels there was a time where everyone was just attending the same class but i'm curious how do you do it and it's it's difficult in terms of you want uh, as a teacher i feel responsible you know everyone should get something out of it so um it was very clear in the group who needed what and i'm i'm very uh, curious to understand what the student requires i mean right. you know school style is no the teacher will tell you what you need to know mm-hmm. and the teacher will tell you uh, of course uh, you know there's no point trying to give them dhamar if they don't even know what teen dal is so you know you you have to make that judgment um so it ended up being that um there were clusters of students who one cluster worked on one thing another cluster worked on another thing um but we all worked to the same uh, layer so um Mm. I think there's something to be said about uh appreciating the the it's it sounds very simple but just being able to do everything to a beat mm. you know it's it's you can work in different uh in different guns you can do, you know do lots of things yeah. uh, even if you're doing hastak if you're doing jal if you're doing tatkar as long as you have a reference to that beat that layer mm-hmm. then you know the clusters can be divided uh into into the levels so to speak mm-hmm. in terms of their uh um uh, virtuosity uh or whether it is more about um uh if it's about you know the body conditioning whether it's about the actual holding of your spine and your movement you know i i try to make everyone work to the same layer but doing their own uh, individual um working on their individual requirement of the technique or whether uh it's understanding purely uh the rhythm so it becomes um a very holistic experience and it becomes very inspiring i feel because mm. um even for those who are a little a little ahead of the let's say the beginner or the level 1 group you know you have to go back you have to keep going back and i'm sure a lot of artists would agree with me here no matter how virtuosic you are no matter how tayyar you are you still have to go back to a b c d you still have to go back to the uh the nuts and bolts of your of your art form mm-hmm. because again there's something in that foundation that you may not have seen or may not have experienced before mm-hmm. but suddenly it's it's shining uh, another depth of knowledge on that foundation mm-hmm. and i it's really important for students to see each other working because you can be inspired you can be motivated by each other um even if if a student uh, thinks that um oh another student is she's not doing or he's not doing that particular line correctly just for them to see that to observe that and to analyze that and then i would ask them okay why are they not doing it correctly in your eye why is it not correct mm. they will have to break it down and justify it and give me a clear analysis of why is that movement not correct and how can they make it better mm-hmm. um, so that peer learning is really really important i and i encourage that a lot in my classes i sometimes get the students to you know take the line and and correct somebody's posture or correct somebody's footwork because them analyzing is going to actually support their own riyas and their own understanding of the form and hopefully make them better artists mm, yes i guess when you see your own peers you kind of realize 
a that a, sometimes if you realize okay you made some improvement sometimes you realize how much far you have to go so always ha- good to have that reference like you said so nidhi and just going off of this sonia the you've learned kathak a certain way and you know when you teach someone you you sometimes sometimes you teach some of the things that you've been taught before and some of the things are the things you do differently so when you teach in your teaching style what do you feel is different from the way you were taught so the way i was taught um it was very strict in mm-hmm. sense that um so my teacher nice the she uh, learned from uh, bijumana ji she learned from baba gulamuddin baba gulamuddin ji was uh, the student of achan maharaj ji so um that i think that old school teaching had carried on even though my teacher was based in birmingham mm. uh, we she, she managed to um for as long as she could she could she she took us on this uh, guru shishya uh discipline mm. and so i would actually stay with her i was very young i was probably i started my training when i was 8 okay. um and i trained with her for uh, 11 years and i literally would stay at her home anytime there were holidays i would be at her house i would train with her in her garage she would you know she had converted her uh garage into a studio mm-hmm. uh even when we are you know about when she would put us to bed she said you know before you go to bed you must do your hastak you must tame your fingers you must you know do certain things mm. uh, so even when you're about to nod off you should still have kathak as your last memory and kathak should be your first breath when you wake up in the morning mm. so my 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 whole experience was quite um quite aligned with how some people explain what guru shishya is and i'm sure she's she was still much kinder than some of the horrific stories i've i've heard um so that's something i can't or whether i would like to replicate i can't i don't have the facility to hmm. you know, home students and um but i try to have as much contact time as i as i can but i do feel the the dance training has to be relevant i feel it needs to be uh relatable in terms of the students experience of their time so you know even using analogies to uh to f- depict a particular image whether it is in abhinay or a particular narrative or whether uh, how to um create a particular uh, choreography or even just a you know a hand gesture a hand movement the analogy used has to be very appropriate for them um there's no point trying to say uh, you know just make a diagonal line you have to you have to be or i feel mm-hmm. i get more result when i try and describe what is the line going to achieve or where do you want to go with the line with that line or you know do you want to pick something up from the floor with that line you know what is the objective of that line and sometimes that's a quicker way to actually achieve what you're looking for in the student mm-hmm. so i use a lot of um imagery I use a lot of visualization. I try to get to know the student as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um I you know we all know that when they come into the studio they're very well behaved and you know, <laughs> they have a certain manner and they have a certain you know with with the with the teacher in presence. You know they're they're the their behavior is different i know get you know see them on facebook see them on social media they're completely different people so, <laughs> um so i try to get into their into their psyche mm-hmm. you know what 
stress them outside of the class mm -hmm. and is that a way that i could use as a stimuli to get them to understand a baran or a tora or a tukra mm -hmm. or a or a simple hastak you know that's i think that makes the art form also um appreciable mm -hmm. given that they may be you know they may be 12 they may be 15 they may be 25 mm -hmm. they may be 40 you know it has to be it has to be um appropriate for them and i i feel that is probably what's missing um in in old school style of teaching and i i have complete 110% respect for that because i think um there is a culture, let's say, in the Indian subcontinent, and we we bow down to that culture. But when you don't have that culture here in Birmingham, in mm -hmm. the UK, we have to create our own culture with all, mm -hmm. you know, with respect, uh, with discipline in place. But at the same time, we don't want to scare people off, you know. So mm -hmm. um, it's finding that very uh, it's a very fine balance. So how to achieve that, I think, takes, um, it, yeah, it takes time. And I have developed this style of teaching uh, over a long time. Um, and I'm very pleased to hear that people enjoy my style of teaching. I think, um, you know, they, they, they obviously have gone to other people, or they have done workshops with other people, and they find, you know, the, there's, there's something to be um, taken from everyone's, everyone's style of teaching. Um, you know, everyone teaches because they want to pass on the, the knowledge they want to pass on so there is a legacy we're mm. not teaching so where you're just going to you know uh tell you off for the sake of because we like telling people off it's not about that mm -hmm. um so th i think that sharing of knowledge is uh very different uh in the way that i do it and um perhaps others and i and i've noticed it also when we did the gatha camp um when we had artists from different parts of the world um and of course bearing in mind online teaching is very different but mm. it's um yeah, you know, you have the grasping of movement has to be super quick. Uh, breakdown of movement is necessarily not um, not as uh, defined as perhaps other students may like. So there's there's there are differences. Yes, I think that's one thing that I've noticed, uh, which is fairly consistent in which like from one generation to the next, what definitely changes is the amount of detail you teach in and the nuances of breaking down a movement that's something i've observed consistently and yeah it seems like you put a lot of thought into teaching your students and so Nidhi, i wanted to get your thoughts on one thing because it's something i've observed in the us and let me know if that happens here as well in the sense where uh what i've noticed is that a lot of students take Kathak seriously till like high school, then they do their graduation and then when they go to college, it's gone and a lot of people don't return. And I've seen this phenomenon again and again where they take something very seriously to school. And then because there's a gap in college, some people come back, some people not. If that's something you've observed and if so, what have you felt about it? Is there a way to retain students? Is there a re need to retain them? What do you feel about it? Yeah, it's the same in the UK. Um, I think once they hit 15, 16, when they've got to do their GCSEs and they have to do their A's and they go to university and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. um, I feel uh, there needs to be more discourse around uh, parent teacher sector because mm -hmm. parents aren't fully aware of what are the vocational routes. Mm. Once one is learning kathak or tabla or anything, um, what what are their what are their vocational options? Um, if 
you know, and a lot of students, I have to say, are training, but they're not necessarily training to become performers. Mm -hmm. Some are training because they want to be teachers or some are training because they feel they want to go into dance therapy, for example, or uh, mm. dance psychology or journalism, or they want to do something around production design, costume design, but they want to understand dance so it informs their other artistic mediums. So I think not, not many people know what are the options, and that is quite scary. Mm. For example, we know, okay, the traditional accountants, if you want to be an accountant, you know what the trajectory is. If you want to be an engineer, you know what the trajectory is. Um, but with dance, you're going on a trajectory, but you don't know what what's going to happen at the end. Mm, where are you going to you know, Am I going to get enough dance um, performances mm -hmm. to earn a living? Am I going to be able to teach uh, or run a business in teaching? There is There are so many um, inconsistencies and of course the art sector can be quite um you know it's quite unpredictable mm. um it's quite uh, volatile especially now we've seen in the pandemic mm -hmm. i think one has to be so strong-willed and so uh ambitious mm -hmm. determined and have unwavering faith okay. that yeah. they will you know find a living mm -hmm. out of out of doing this um so the problem we are having is making that um that connection of when they finish their dance practice or finish their dance study at whatever level they are um i think this idea also that you never actually finish you know you're always studying uh, and i've and i you know i don't understand why there is that um sometimes i have to explain this to parents mm. or to to students um you know when you even when you do accountancy for example you're never going to finish accountancy you have to keep going on to these uh accountant courses to refresh your mm. uh, understanding of what the latest you know laws are or whatever the accounting laws are if you're doing engineering or if you're doing science you still have to update yourself you still have to go and Courses. So similarly in, in dance, in Kathak, you will do the same thing. It's just a different way of, um, it's a different way of packaging it. So I think um, if we had more guarantees or at least uh, the sector was able to translate that information to the students, to the parents, that mm -hmm. this is what your job option is, then I think we would have more of a, um, a more of a transfer of students going to the sector um you know it's e because these are defined jobs they've been around for a very very long time universities exam you know for example are supporting these very traditional academic based mm -hmm. subjects um the education system that we have unfortunately in in the uk we ha used to have a really good music education dance education within schools in the mm -hmm. curriculum and that's been taken away now because of uh, the government pulling out funding. Um, so, you know, these are all these are all very deflating um, developments that if you can't access music, if you can't access dance in school, mm -hmm. why should we? That means it's, there's, it's not important. So what is important in school are the maths and the science and the English literature and all of that. So if already from a you know when when a child is 10 11 you're already saying well when you go to school you're only going to use these academic subjects you're only going to have mm. access to these academic subjects why would they want to think about taking um dance you've already set the premise or the government already sets the premise that dance or music is time pass it's a hobby mm. um so we're not setting up the right foundation for them to consider 
um, the arts as a as a possible vocation. So I think we would have to change, um, and we are lobbying as artists. We are we have a, a you know an organisation here called the One Dance UK, mm-hmm. and we are trying to have this conversation, um, regular conversation with the with the government, in terms of how it improves a child's development, not only you know physically but mentally, emotionally. Mm-hmm. Intelligence, you know, there is much greater intelligence when um, you're not just using an academic lens on everything, but actually you're being um, emotionally intelligent by understanding people's feelings or emotions or mm. uh, behavior or, um, you know, why, you know, children have this uh, innate uh, connection with nature. Hence, why are they? They're also the ones who are shouting out about um, environmental change and the climate change. You know, they feel very, very passionate about it. Mm. That's what teaches us to be very passionate about nature. Mm-hmm. So, if they're able to find that link between the arts or kathak and nature and having that conversation through their artistic medium, this mm-hmm. is an amazing way to reach people who find it difficult to understand language, who find it, inter- you know, very difficult to understand um, uh, textual language. You know, so the fact that we're trying to condition or the government is trying to condition or society is trying to condition that a person should be one thing Mm -hmm. is very damaging to us as a person as a whole because we are not just using academia there you know the 90 percent of us are actually much more intelligent than just Mm -hmm. this kind of very very literal form of intelligence um so unfortunately um there isn't much of a crossover, but we are working very hard. I am hoping, you know, the company like myself, you know, I, I had no clue how I'm going to do what I'm going to do with my career, how I was going to do it. Um, but I just had faith and I had the support of uh, many people, especially my parents mm-hmm. and my hubby, who's also a tabla maestro. So I guess, you know, it, it was an unknown territory. I mean, he, he's based in, he was based in Delhi, so he knows that culture. But actually, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you sustain a career in the UK? That's, that's, that's a whole different ball game. So I, I went with faith and determination and I thought, you know, let's give it a good 10 years and see what happens. If, if it doesn't work, then of course I can, I can try something else. Hmm. Sorry, that's a very long answer to your question. <laughs> no, that it, it, I mean, it's long, but it's well thought out. And there was a, I'm just following the line because we talked about how that it, the reason people don't continue something is because the why is missing. And the why is missing because we're inherently told to be certain things, I think. And so you made some really good points there. And just today in my morning Talvidya class, I think you were saying like the world is going to try to make you normal and it's your job to not be. So it kind of plays into that as well, uh, Sonia. And you talked about lobbying. So that's what I wanted to get into next. When you talk about educating audiences about dance and Kathak, what does that look like? What kind of processes do you use? Who do you reach out to? And what mediums do you use? I'm just curious about that. So, um... Obviously, there's the, the the traditional or what was traditional. I don't think it's traditional anymore. Is mm-hmm. the usual way of kind of trying to showcase as much as you can. Um, I think with the whole social media being the new stage, right, a real fantastic way. I feel mm-hmm. is is to give um, glimpses of amazing, uh, wonderful 
uplifting uh, nuggets of work that we have in Qatar. Mm. And, you know, there isn't much of a risk in terms of investing three seconds of your time to see what Kathak is. You can swipe across and it's fine. No one, no one, you know, give two hoots about it. But when you're having to market something for a show, okay, there's a risk about, will I like it? Will I not like it? Do I have to spend the money and my time and my travel? And, you know, so there's too much risk factor when mm. um, going into a performance, but what you can do is pre as a precursor i think the more uh work you can send out on social media the better mm -hmm. but also there's a certain audience for social media and it's it's predominantly a younger so-called younger audience yeah so, um there are there are other communities of course we're missing out and of course there is digital poverty not everyone has a smart phone or a device that can access um um the the internet so we do a lot of uh work within the community for example my my particular focus is on on uh women especially from asian women mm -hmm. i come from uh, a background where you know asian women are supposed to be invisible mm -hmm. so they don't they don't have a voice they shouldn't be seen uh dancing oh my god is just it's off the spectrum. So the fact that uh, I'm here and I understand the the concept of orthodoxism and uh, the conventions that are placed on certain on certain women, I want to go out there and empower them. Mm -hmm. So I'm not there going to teach them Kathak. I am there to hear their stories. Okay. Then their stories can be translated into movement if they wish or they can be translated into spoken word if they wish. Mm. That spoken word can be uh, uh, become a rap. What is rapping? Rapping is kavit. Kavit then becomes a composition, which mm. I could do a performance to, or they could own back and they could uh, create something with it. And mm. a lot of the times you feel, oh, they're people who just sit in their house or they do, you know, they, they look after their families and that's all they know. But from it, the amount of times we've done so many community work and we're about mm -hmm. to do another one in the new year uh these women have so much creativity so much energy that they themselves didn't know they had mm. and when they are offered a safe space to express themselves for them to decipher what the world is mm -hmm. in their own experience and then we give them the tools of kathak and uh rhythmic um tools like what we learned from tabla and compositional wise they are running with it mm. so my point is there that Gatha again doesn't have to be always about the stage it's the experience of Gathak or the experience of Indian music and dance that I would want everyone to have a chance to um you know, even dabble in. But what we do find is when once we've done these projects, they themselves say, oh, I want to go and see your performance next. Oh, okay. I do want to come and see your show because they've had um, a much more um, in-depth uh, experience. It's not just it's not just a flyer telling you, yes, this is a great show and it's great for you and you better come. Hmm. Um, they, they know it from the inside that this oh. is a great experience to have mm. because they've had they've had that chance to to taste it um and and a lot of the times again i think i'm trying to break away from 
although it's delightful and of course we all love it um we want to be in a 10,000 seater we want to be in a 5,000 seater we want to be in an auditorium we love it black mm. box theater lights are on you people are just focused on you it's a great thing okay. but it's probably 0.5% of your potential audience. Mm. What about the others who will never have the resources to come to a theater? They will nice. never have access to the theater. They will never have um, the support system in the family to go and make a trip out to the theater. There are mm. lots of obstacles preventing people to come mm. to the theater. So if there are obstacles, I feel it's my duty as an artist to remove those obstacles. And the way to do that is if we know there is a group of people, mm -hmm. let's say there's a, there's a, for example, there's a women's group and there's, you know, 500 women's group who meet together for a particular occasion, we will take our work into their vicinity. Mm. They, they would be 500 women who would never, ever, ever in their life go to a theater. Why should they be denied the opportunity of experiencing something which is so beautiful, like Kathak, that is so engaging, that is so uh, transformative? Why should they miss out just because they can't afford a ticket or they can't get to a theater or they're living in some rural place and there is no theater there? Mm. So we're trying to have, we're taking the art to the doorstep, basically. And I think that's a great way of uh, building your audiences, diversifying your audiences. Uh, we have to come away. I feel, again, this is my personal humble opinion. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't just think that we are only good enough and we should only be seen on the stage. Hmm. I think we have so many stages now. We have community settings, we have social media, we have theater, we have film, we have TV. And I've tried to find my um, audience in all of those categories. We do a lot of site, uh, site uh, performances as well. What's uh, a site think, performance? So this, this is like, um, we take over a room in, or it could be uh, a heritage home okay. and we create performances in those rooms or in the gardens of that ruin or in the ruin itself. It can be an outdoor performance. Okay. Um, it could be uh, in a shop window. Uh, it could be um, in a museum, mm -hmm. uh, in a gallery space. So where you won't normally think about seeing a dance performance. We've been there. <laughs> Yeah, it just makes me think of all the different floor surfaces there are on all those places and how you do dance there. But uh, more importantly, I think, yeah, the community thing is really interesting. Um, I haven't really thought of like how many ways you can reach out to your audiences or what an audience is can fundamentally change where you go. Um, that's really interesting to me. And uh, so Sonia, I guess when you go to these different audiences so the community audience, the one on stage, the one on film, how does what you present change? Like in terms of what you're creating or what you're showing them, how does that change? Sure. So um, obviously when we are creating a production and we know it's going to tour to X amount of theater spaces, yeah. it is designed for those theater spaces. We will have a lot of design. We will have a set design. So of course we have to be as, um, 
creative, not only with our art form, but also mm -hmm. in the constituent features of what is required for that art form to be elevated. Okay. If we know that in a community setting, we, we don't have lights, we don't have black box, um, we have a dance floor, if the dance floor um, is is you know concrete i mean i don't mind dancing on concrete uh, i've trained my artists to also be careful and safe on concrete but if we need to have a dance floor we've we've made the you know we've had to pull out our resources to make sure we can take a dance floor with us mm. the content of what we present has to again be uh relevant it needs to be relatable to the audience that you're sharing it with mm. as a starting point. And then you see how you can tease them a bit further, push them a little further with other um, other themes, maybe if you're doing a thematic performance, or even if you're showing or presenting a tal, mm. you know, how can you make them understand what some is, what this composite, what is the brilliance of this particular composition? Right. Um, or what is the brilliance of a narrative, mm -hmm. which you know, they have no association with a culture, or if they have no, they don't understand the language, for example. Right. But how do you, how do you make that journey um, almost like it's their journey? Mm. That's that's the intellect, I guess, of the artist. And of course, if you have a team of people, you would break. You know, you have your kind of brainstorming. Um, absolutely, you have your brainstorming session with those people. Um, one has to be one has to be very curious about the audience just as much you are curious about your art form mm. and what you say with it um so in your 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 point about you know if you go outside how you're going to dance there but we have to make we have to make that space work for us mm. um, you know if you're inspired by a building instead of using a musical stimuli you're going to use the lines of the building Ooh. to inform your choreography you're going to use, uh, you know, it might be that particular, like there was one uh, site, there was a lot of wind in that site. There, there was just kind of a capture of the wind just keeps circling. And we use that as a as the um, core of our music. Huh. So you, know, you have to be very open. It's almost like you want all these tentacles to grab ideas to then kind of come to a uh, a melting pot that serves uh, the idea for your for your for your piece of work, and I find that really really interesting. Um, but of course, never you know. I'm not saying diluting the form. I'm not mm -hmm. saying we're compromising on technique. Right. You have to know your form so well that you know how to peel the layers. Hmm. If you're kacha, then of course, wo kacha or kacha ho <laughs> um, You have to, you know, you can't, you can't say, yeah, I've done two years of kathak and now yeah. I'm going to play it. No, 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 no. You okay. have to know, you know, you have to, know, it's like making a really good dish. You have to know how the ingredients work and why they should be in that dish mm -hmm. because they have a function in that dish. If you took something out, that dish will no longer taste like that. Okay. You'd have to know how to, what to replace it with or you would be inspired by, by, the, by that particular recipe and you create your own. You can only have that decision uh, if you know, you know, if you know how to cook really well. So similarly, you would know what to do with Kathak if you really, really know it as, mm. as you would know yourself. Okay, understood. So um, when I guess when you talk about exploring Kathak and that's something 
Uh, I'm wondering if uh, there's an like in, there's an add-on to this where you talk about so if you want to explore Kathak more or do it more in a contemporary sense, you need to know your foundation wells and then you explore. Uh, so is there more to that in terms of if a student wants to do that eventually as the end goal, what process should they be following? Uh, yes, because I don't like to say that the work is fusion. Right. Um, of course, a lot of people use fusion. Um, I would say it's more of a of a collaboration. Mm-hmm. It's not about mimicking. So if we have a contemporary dancer, we have a hip hop artist. So we do a lot of work with street dancers. Right. Uh, it's not about mimicking. Mm-hmm. Uh, that if you have that movement, then I have this movement. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really bored to death. Bored to death when I see that. Uh, it's you. It's even hard to describe it, but it's like the energy of that movement mm-hmm. or the musicality of that movement. How can they inspire your way of moving, which uh, you may not have the hastak for, you may not have the movement for, you might have to even create your own movement. But okay. knowing yeah. that in Kathak we use the spine like this or in the style of dance, I have been taught to use my spine like this, my kalai has to move like this, la 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 la. You you have to look at the the deeper the deeper aspects of a movement. Mm. Be inspired to create your own, not mimicking. Um, the music, for example, uh, we did a we did a show called Kathak Box. Okay, and um, that show it's such a such a hit. We had no musical instruments. We only used spoken word, uh, beatboxing. Uh, we had a contemporary dancer, myself, Kathak, and we had an African-Caribbean um, dancer okay. using traditions of uh, Afri- okay. uh, African dance, tribal dance. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we tried to find a way to converse with, with each other, mm-hmm. not mimicking each other's language. Okay. If, if, if there is a ball, then how would the spoken word artist uh, respond to that question with a, with words or with syllables or with mm-hmm. uh, notes. Mm-hmm. So I, that that is the kind of the foundation of how we try to explore movement in Kathak. Mm-hmm. Music and movement are so intertwined. We can't not do Kathak if we don't understand tabla, for example. Right. So if we are using parhand, so in Kathak box, we use a lot of parhand, a lot of kavit. It was kavit and rapping. It was just so wonderful. Mm-hmm. But never did we actually copy each other. It was like you and I are having a conversation. You have your own mannerisms. Mm-hmm. You have your own gaze. You have your own way of sitting. I have my own mannerism. But we are conversing. But I am mm. not copying you and you are not copying me. You have your own style of sitting and standing so similarly we use that as a concept this is called aping um to mimic but we are not aping we are uh it's changed by association if we look in terms of psychology i'm really fascinated by psychology as well so um so psychologically we can change by association that means if you spend a lot of time with your best friend or with your family members, you spend a lot of time, maybe people have yeah. in the pandemic, um, you will pick up something, but you will make it yourself. You'll, mm. you'll make it your own mannerism. 
but it will remind people oh you kind of look similar but not quite the same um so that change by association is much more authentic than trying to mimic and that only happens when you spend time a lot mm. with people that you uh favor and we we do that type of collaboration a lot we will we'll go into research and development mm. where we don't give ourselves uh, a goal for example we're not saying okay we're going to rehearse and we have a performance at the end mm. we don't give ourselves goal we just say let's just play let's just bring in ideas let's just jam mm. uh, let's go out and have desserts together let's go and out go out and watch film together so we try to spend as much time with all the artists okay somewhere something will start to literally um, brush off each other and that will inform our process it's a very long process mm. which is the most authentic and what i found is even with students when they try to apply this technique they they discover movement which i've not necessarily taught them Ooh. or either even if it, it's not even categorized, if we're looking at Pandit uh, Mijumanaji's uh, kind of catalog that he's now created, you know, this movement is this name and this movement is this name, uh, it doesn't fall within that category. Mm. But yet it looks like Kathak. And I think that's the amazing thing is if you still looks like Kathak, but you've not seen that movement before, it's not typically classical traditional movement, then that's the achievement. Then we are literally extending the vocabulary, which is my, which is my aim. Hmm. Wonderfully said, Sonia. The, I guess when you talk, uh, I guess that, and that brings me to my next question, because you talked about spending time with dancers, not copying them, you talked about um is this the same thing as a mirroring technique or mirroring is different when you talk about mirroring, psychology? mirroring you would get you would you would actually get uh, a mimicked Achha, okay 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 so it's something i think it's an experience i think that's why i find it mm. difficult to actually talk about when you see it it's like yeah actually it's Kathak, but and the amount of times when i'm performing even when i'm doing my classical work mm -hmm. uh working with live music a lot of people say well we there's a lot of movements or the choreography is such We've not seen it like that. Mm. Um, so, and that's, that's, I think that is a wonderful uh, compliment is mm. that they still can recognize it as Kathak, but it's not something that they've seen. And I, I have to add here, and because I feel so privileged and so proud that yeah. um, I was able to perform in front of uh, Bandit Bijumaraji, Sastri Ji, um, Kumi Ben, Aditi Ji, Aditi Mangaldas Ji, she, they had all come to um, a performance here at different occasions, different yeah, years. And uh, they all said the same thing. And I was so humbled. Kumi Ben actually came backstage to, to, to say this to me. Aditi Ji came backstage and Aditi Ji said, you have to perform in India. They have, India has to see this. Okay. The fact that they also said the same thing, that what you're doing is not something that we've seen before the choreography is very different and and i think that uh, is just amazing because i mean they are the pioneers of you know choreography and and presentation of kathak on stage with ensembles i mean for them to acknowledge that i think is you know hugely hugely i'm just so so grateful but i think that's that's how i can kind of say that there is there is a technique there mm -hmm. uh, it's a while but i think if you know your form really well it it can work um but i must also add here 
I'm not living in India. I my cultural references, you know, people on the street when they walk, they they have a different way of carrying themselves. Mm. Those in India, there's a different language. There's a different uh, body language when people are conversing. Uh, you know, so and if as I said, Birmingham is a very diverse city. We have people of all cultures representing many different countries they all have a different you know mannerism to them and i think even absorbing that and being very open to absorbing it being conscious it's this conscious absorption mm-hmm. i feel it filters into your work hmm. i feel it filters into our music um and i i feel that's really important we shouldn't close ourselves off and just um comedy you know comedians do it really well they mm. observe they, they observe people right and they're very good at um finding um you know things to talk about mm-hmm. uh, by watching people and i think as kathak artists we we should do the same because it really inspires your way of uh thinking way of moving way of uh conceptually uh constructing something hmm. well first of all kudos to you seems like you've done some good great things there sonia d and when, uh, since you talked about observing people my next question is about building relationships since you talk about collaborations and the audiences like especially i'm very curious when you go out and talk to other dancers how have you built all these relationships how have you gone out and kind of talked about your yourself your your kathak can kind of build and, and have come to this point in time very curious about that uh it's taken a very long time a lot mm-hmm. of people what kathak is or was yep. uh, kathak is a vegetable uh, <laughs> you know you 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 talk until you're blue in the face um i think i think you really have to put yourself out there and i am the worst person to do that i don't put myself out there um and i think it takes time to build that confidence because i think once you are fully uh informed of your art form and you believe that you're doing well with your art form mm-hmm. uh, only then i think you have a certain confidence to start approaching people who are of a you know of a caliber or of an experience um i think sometimes we can go into this imposter syndrome because we are the other in the uk even though i'm born and bred here right um, there is this idea, well, ballet is everywhere. Mm. Contemporary dance is everywhere. Everybody loves ballet. Everybody loves contemporary. How on earth am I, as a Kathak artist, going to <laughs> infiltrate that, uh, you know, that that audience or right. uh, the funders or the programmers or how how do I do that? Mm-hmm. Um, when they are themselves not informed what Kathak is. So you're having, um, you're having, a, you, you basically are talking to a brick wall, unless you have artists who are curious, inquisitive about other art forms, mm-hmm. or you have programmers, you have funders, you have producers uh, who are curious about other, other art forms. So it's taken a while to find those right people Mm-hmm. I would advise anyone um, who is starting out or wanting to kind of get their work uh, recognized is is a lot of networking and networking with the right people, mm-hmm. having people who can also um, uh, advocate your your work. Okay. I've 
I've done it the long way round where I would put myself forward into festivals when um, they only are looking for contemporary dance. And I would say, no, I'm doing contemporary dance. Mm-hmm. I'm doing contemporary dance like you've never seen it. Mm. Like, okay. And then when they see it, they go, oh, wow, it was amazing, this, that, the other. Uh, so you almost have to talk their language in order to get yourself heard. Mm. Um, and through that, once you kind of make the, that intervention with a different aesthetic, you start to then um, <coughs> to kind of attract the right people to your work. Um, but I think, you know, now we're in a different world. At the time when I was starting out, you know, there wasn't social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there are ways to, uh, without, again, it's a very fine line. You don't want to look commercial, mm-hmm. which social media does want you to kind of, it is, it is created for that. So if you want to do a, a TikTok, you know, make sure it's authentic, make sure it actually talks about or really um, celebrates Kathak as what it is, not mm. uh, doing it to some amazing track. You know, that's not what it's about. Mm. Um, so I think we're in a world now where you can connect much faster, much easier. Mm. Um, so even with the pandemic, we because we couldn't do anything live, we literally within seven days, we transferred all of our work online Hmm. and i've made the best connections in the last year than i have ever made because Mm -hmm. that was the only way to um to have a dialogue right Uh, suddenly everyone's not everyone but uh (laughs) many egos had dropped Uh because we're all in the same boat this pandemic made us uh i think it just made us realize we are nothing yeah we are fighting against something we can't actually see with our own eyes mm. or with something we cannot we cannot even touch mm. we cannot see so that i think brought uh people down in terms of i mean i say brought people down but it made us all start on the on the same canvas we're all talking from the same canvas where and i think the connection was much easier because we had no other choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say, you know, uh, something I had have been fighting with for a very long time, not so much now. But if you're from India, you're the best. Mm-hmm. If you're from anywhere else doing Kathak, they wouldn't even blink an eye. Mm-hmm. And that has been, that had been very difficult. Oh because we were always competing with somebody who's from India and mm. they could be a student, you know, mm. they could be, they could be, they could have trained half the time that you have, but just because they're based in India, bus, they are, they are doing proper Kathak or they are doing the best Kathak. So that conversation was very difficult and having to constantly prove yourself. Mm. So I, you know, like I said, it was really, it changed everything when, uh, Bandit Biju Maharaji had, complimented when Gumi Ben had complimented when Aditi ji had complimented then suddenly okay it became you know fact that yes this dance artist is valid uh but as a general level we're having to still do it on some on some notch but Hmm. um I think we have to own Kathak for what it is with our own experience like I said I'm not trained in India my training is very different. 
Uh, and my understanding of Kathak is from my perspective, using my experience as a British born artist. Mm -hmm. So uh, everything I <clears throat> hear, see around me um, informs my practice, which of course is going to be different to those dancing in India, those dancing in US, those dancing in Africa. I see it. Um, and it's amazing. And I think that's what we have to celebrate is Kathak can be so, so individualistic and it is so vast. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think with like the Kathak, like Kathak has been kind of developing in parallel in different countries and has been, and especially because of their own experiences as well, Sonia, and that was sharing how you infiltrated the space, so to speak, and giving us that example. And I guess wanted to switch gears a bit to your dance company. One of the things I find really intriguing because I don't see that a lot in other Kathak pages is where you put out an ad for a dancer and you say you want this person in this. But I guess I wanted to know when you hire dancers for your productions, what do you look for? Especially if, say, if they're in different art form, how do you evaluate them? What do you look for people who join your company? Yeah, so um, there's a typical energy uh, that I am... Uh, attuned to, hmm. they uh, need to have the confidence to interact with the audience. Hmm. Kathak teaches us that if we can't interact, if we can't look people in the eye, um, you know, you have to work at it. Uh, amazingly, in other dance forms, you don't have that interaction. People are too scared to look at the audience. Oh. Ballet is completely, you just watch ballet, the, they do ballet to you. Okay, understood. <laughs> contemporary dance, they do contemporary to, to you. you. Uh, in Kathak, you have to bring the audience, you know, even if it's through your padhant or whether it's to, through your abhinay, to take them on a journey to really feel the dance, you need to be able to converse. I mean, I think we have it as part of our very informal stage etiquettes that you go to the microphone and before you do your parent you're going to speak to the audience and you're going to you know and i think that's amazing we might from a from a very western point of view that might look gosh that's very informal mm -hmm. um now it's called relaxed performances <laughs> so i so I, we did this show we were touring with this show and actually i'll give you that example we have a show called same same but different mm -hmm. And that is a contemporary dancer, a street dancer, and a Kathak dancer. And uh, we were creating this show, and uh, it's it's been co-commissioned by Birmingham Hippodrome. It's one of the biggest theatre houses in UK. And they said, oh, Sonia, you need to make sure that your performances are relaxed. And I said, relaxed, what does that mean? And they said, oh, well, you know, there might be people who are from the vulnerable community or who may be on the uh, autistic spectrum. They should be able to sit and walk out at their own leisure and come back at their own leisure. Um, and you need to try and engage them. Um, so you're having kind of some interactivity with the audience. And that's a relaxed performance. And I said, well, we've been doing this for hundreds of years. Not, you know, as Kathak artists, our Kathak tradition is, you can walk out as when, if you want to go and give uh, get a chai or a pan or whatever, even the Kathak artists will have pan on stage and talk to the audience before they do their composition. Mm. I said, this is part of our 
heritage that we give relaxed performances. Mm. But only now, suddenly, it's it's a thing and uh, it's the best way to perform because you don't know the type of audiences who may feel, you know, uh, a, a little... Um, Captive. Uh, exactly, exactly. So anyway, that there's outside. So when we mm. look for dancers, we have to have dancers who are very confident in approaching the audience. They will not lose their uh, technique when they are interacting with the audience. Um, they have an appreciation for the other artists. Hmm. There have been um, collaborations, not part of the company, but I've been in other people's collaboration where artists look down on other art forms or other dance forms. Hmm. And as soon as you have that hierarchy or you have that ego, hmm. the work is not um it's not true it's not authentic hmm. and then you're you're working through uh, um a dynamic which is not serving you to your best so after learning and having my experience with that i've made it uh you know a must that you coming in as an artist into a collaborative setting you must be appreciative of the other art forms just because they can't do what you do well, mm. you can do what they do, and mm. that's the whole beauty of it. But my my so same same but different is another a very interesting example of how three art forms are actually connecting together. Mm. The Kathak is not mimicking the contemporary. The contemporary is not mimicking the street, but they are working. They are dancing together, and the show's concept or the theme is that we're all different, mm. but we have the same curiosities we mm -hmm. have the same uh desires of bonding of feeling safe which are these are questions that we're asking ourselves i mean I, these are pertinent questions you know mm -hmm. we do feel like the other a lot of children um when they start to realize okay our skin color is different we are from different races is one better than the other or you worse know. than the other mm -hmm. you know these are all things that uh, people find difficult to talk about. Right. So this production, where there are three different dancers, really um, highlights this in a very humorous, very lighthearted manner. Mm. There is no spoken word. Oh. It's all through dance. And this has been one of the shows where I've had to be very, very critical in who to audition and who to give uh, the position to. Um, mm. And yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, and they have to be, obviously, they have to be very good. Uh, but, <laughs> but, and musical, uh, a lot of dancers from it, mm -hmm. dancers, but they can't even work to this. Hmm. So it's sometimes the most simplest things that I have to assess. <laughs> Which makes sense. And it goes back to the thing where you stress upon being able to hold a beat when you were in doing that in Kata camps and all kind of counts together. Yeah. And so Nedi, I guess when you're talking about performances, uh, or I would like to know what is like, so you see what your most memorable performance is, whether that be a solo production, whichever, and if you have any anecdotes to share from there. Uh, there are so many. I mean, I've, I've already shared one uh, yeah. where I was dancing. Um, I danced Farodast, uh, Tal Farodast, uh, in front of Vijumaraji, uh, Pandit Vijumaraji, and I had danced. Uh, 
15 beats cycle in front of Gumi Bend and Aditi Ji. Mm-hmm. They were great because that just helped my own confidence, really. Right. But um, um, Womad was one. Womad. Was Womad? Yeah. Okay. Womad. I don't know if you have Womad in US. The, like the global festival. Okay. Do you have that? I don't know. I'm not aware. Of it. It's a massive music festival. Okay. And there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people um who who gather it's like this outdoor open festival um mm. and uh so womad was one where they had never had kathak ever mm. it's uh it's mainly kind of world music jazz um and um i was performing there with the um, with music, live music, and uh, Sadra Sabri, who's my husband, who's a tabla maestro. Uh, there were 10, 000, about 10,000 people all clapping tintal whilst we all did our compositions on them clapping tintal. And these are 10,000 people who have never seen or heard anything about Kathak. Okay. Uh, the energy was amazing, and I thought, gosh, if this is what pop stars feel, mm-hmm. then you know why, why they want to be pop stars. Um, because they were all just clapping together. It was this whole energy, how we all came together. It was just so mesmerizing. Um, and to be able to do that uh, as a as the first company, as a female artist, um, it, it meant a lot, meant a lot. Um, there are many, I mean, even when we went to like Dubai, Abu Dhabi, uh, the Emirates, we toured the Emirates with no, and they'd never had seen Kathak. They never had a female led organization ever come into their touring. And a lot of people were very nervous. Even the, the British council who had, a, who had invited us, they said, we're not sure if we're going to get an audience, but the whole point is that you give them something new or they experience something new. And they were all sell out or packed, packed houses, turn people away. And they said, you exceeded all our expectations. Um, Jordan, we performed in Jordan and the princess of Jordan had arrived. It was just amazing. I mean, there's just been so many I could go on and on and on. But I think um, as ever, we're, we're there to make memories. And, uh, you know, especially if someone has never experienced Kathak mm-hmm. and they are wowed by it, they feel they've had some transformative experience. I, you know, I just feel I've done I've done my job uh, because the way I feel Kathak and the way I love Kathak um, I want to be able to share an ounce of it, you know. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. So I hope I can c- continue to make more memories. Understood. Uh, the clapping story reminds me of like you know Freddie Mercury had talked about where he was doing Radio Gaga and he got everyone to clap on the same beat of that during the Earth Day festival. Definitely have to look up Omar after this. And Sonia, the I guess coming to my final question. Um, when it comes to Kathak or dance or the arts, what would you like your legacy to be? I would like to be remembered as someone who has extended the vocabulary and 
extended the meaning of Kathak. I'm not there to only show off how fast I can spin, how fast I can move my feet, break the stage. No, it's not about that. It's about how Kathak can literally transform people's lives for the better. And we do that a lot uh, from our outreach work. Uh, someone to fall in love with Kathak or, to, or for someone to use Kathak as a tool for their mental or emotional well-being, I think is the best. So I hope people will remember me for that. I'm sure they will, Sonia Di. And uh, yes, uh, with that, I'll bring this episode to a close. I must say, I love that you speak from the heart and you're just so passionate about the things you do. Um, I love when you talked about, I think like, you talked about using the lines of the building as the lines of your dance, you talked about reaching to different audiences, the definition of what an audience is, the story from Woman. And yeah, there's a lot to, there's a lot of, lot to chew over. Really enjoyed speaking to you. Thank you so much for having me.